This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, August 24th, 2020. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest. Jonathan Kane Gillespie is a successful fashion designer and business owner based in Nashville, Tennessee. Kane gained notoriety on Project Runway Season 3 in 2006, where he placed in the top five designers. He starred on the TLC special Gown Crazy in 2009 and has appeared on E, ABC, NBC, Bravo, and the Style Network. In 2012, Kane competed on the second season of Project Runway All-Stars on Lifetime Television. He serves as a fashion expert for Country Weekly, Zeus Country, and In Style Country. A few of his celebrity clients include Jennifer Lopez, Dolly Parton, Miranda Lambert, Martina McBride, Kelly Pickler, Tanya Tucker, Lee Bryce, Rascal Flatts, and Reba McIntyre. Today, the Jonathan Kane label is sold to over 1,200 dress boutiques across the U.S., around the world, and online. His latest project is a collaboration with Sydney's Closet, launching the Dangerous Curves Collection, a glamorous evening wear, glamorous evening wear for sizes 12 to 24. Let's welcome Jonathan to the show. Hi. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm so good. How are you doing? I'm so good. I've been on the road traveling, but we are now in the beautiful uh, city of Chicago getting ready for a trade show. And uh, my good friends, uh, Matt and Phyllis and Michelle from Sydney's Closet are going to be here as well. So I'm excited to see them today. Oh, wow. So you're working. You're not in quarantine. Girl, no, we working. Let me tell you, we <laughs> during the during this crazy pandemic, these crazy times, we're all having to get out of here and figure out new ways to uh to show uh, you know, our buyers our product and most of them wanna see it in person and you know, it's been really nice connecting with them, uh and communicating in person anyway. So uh so yeah, you know, we're 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 hustling, we're grinding out here. Right. Well, I want to get to know you a little bit better. So were you confident growing up or was that something that you had to grow into as you got older? Oh, my goodness. No, ma'am. I literally, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's something that we all uh, kind of deal with um, growing up. I don't care who you are. I, from what I've learned and found, you know, it's one of those things where we all have our own internal dialogue in our minds you know we we're taught certain things and we experience certain things as we move through the world but but growing up you know i grew up with five sisters and you know even just seeing and 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 talking with them and learning from them and listening to them and loving them it uh it made me realize, you know, most people have no idea how beautiful they are. Like, just no idea. We beat ourselves up so bad. And, uh, you know, that's why I got into this business was because I, I saw the beauty in, in my sisters first and my mom and grandmother and, 
you know, just everyone around me. And I just felt like, you know, I, I witnessed people just like so self-conscious about things that they really shouldn't be self-conscious about. So um, I kind of made it my career to uh, to help people realize how beautiful they are and help them feel they're most beautiful. Now, did you always know that you wanted to be a fashion designer or did you pursue other things first? Oh, gosh, I absolutely pursued other things first. So my first job when I was 15 years old was uh, at a veterinary clinic, and I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. My first, um, even my first four uh, four years of college um, were actually already getting ready for pre-vet. So I thought I was going to be a vet clinic. I worked there for four and a half years and um, became a certified vet tech, and I love animals, and I loved my pets and still do, And uh, but honestly, once I, I got an additional job, you know, I've always been kind of a go-getter, but I got an additional job at um, a clothing boutique where my, my sisters got, uh, you know, their prom formals in town, and, and what, a couple of my sisters did scholarship and beauty pageants, and uh, it's where they got their gowns, and I used to go and help and, uh, you know, pick out and customize. And, you know, we were customizing their outfits when I was a little, a little boy. So I've been around that part of fashion for a while, but it's such a niche little market. But I got a job at that clothing store um, in addition to working at the vet clinic and just really over a couple of years fell in love with the fashion industry. So when you decided that you wanted to be a professional fashion designer and was ready to launch your brand, what obstacles did you have? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, you know, I actually had so many obstacles. One, the biggest thing was believing in myself that I could actually, like, launch a brand. So I uh, went to design school. I finally switched my major from pre-vet to fashion design. And uh, it really came because I, working at both jobs, I just, I kind of felt guilty for getting a paycheck at the boutique that I worked at. Um, and I'd been there for a couple of years and I'd become a buyer there, traveling to different, you know, fashion cities all over. And um, I finally was like, you know what, why am I not doing this? Like, I see that it's a viable industry, even though I grew up with you know, not really a big fashion background at all. Um, And uh, I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to take the leap. But the biggest obstacle once I graduated from design school um, was really believing in myself that I could mass produce and really not even having the knowledge. You know, the school teaches you how to um, create garments, design garments, sketch garments, all of that stuff. But the one regret that I kind of have is that, they don't teach you like, okay, if you want to own your own fashion house or, or atelier or something like that, then you really need some business courses. <laughs> so I never mm-hmm. really took any like, business courses. So it's just kind of, been, you know, what I call the school of hard knocks. You just kind of, you know, if you fall down, you just jump right back up. It's not a matter of if you fail, it's that you fail fast and you get back up and, and keep on moving. So Um, So probably learning the business acumen to like, you know, run a business has been uh, the hardest thing. And then, of course, capital, you know, when you're starting a a brand, you definitely um, you definitely need, you know, money for 
payroll taxes and just all these other things that you don't even think about. So, and I'm sure those, those things would have come in business school, but, uh, but yeah, that, those are some of the obstacles that I definitely had to, uh, had to kind of work through. So by the time project runway came around, had you somewhat established yourself or you were still unknown? Well, so I was known in my in my little area. So I was, um, well, a couple of little areas. So I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and I started dressing when I worked at the boutique there before I went to design school in New York. I started dressing a lot of uh, pageant girls and ballroom dancers, anyone who was kind of looking for something really glamorous, and even a few country music, music stars at that time through a little boutique that I worked at there. Um, so I was doing that a little bit, but I would definitely not say not near the, uh, the notoriety um, or recognizing factor that I have to, I have now because of project runway. Um, and then also in Oklahoma. So I moved to Oklahoma, love took me out there to Oklahoma city and I ended up buying a, uh, a little prom and pageant boutique with my partner at the time. And um, you know, I kind of became pretty well known in that area for sure, because I started dressing, you know, a lot of uh, the Miss Oklahomas and um, some of the politicians or their wives. And, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of celebrity scene in Oklahoma City, a few, because we had, uh, I ended up starting to dress the the Oklahoma City Thunder girls, and then also a lot of the Thunder players' wives or girlfriends and things at that time. So so some of those people, but Oklahoma's still not known as a fashion uh, kind of capital, obviously. So, um, so really the notoriety pretty much came from Project Runway and uh, when I made it on season three of that show. And then, um, you know, kind of... Uh, kind of catapulted my name a little bit uh, at that point, just because it was, you know, such a big show on Bravo at the time. So was that the big boom that launched your brand to the next level, being on reality television? You know, it definitely was a huge um, stepping stone for sure. And part of it, you know, a lot of people uh, don't realize, like, I wasn't mass producing before Project Runway, so I uh, I was making everything myself. I had a clothing boutique, and I was buying other designers' goods as well as making you know a few pieces a month that I made. But usually, I was doing like really gorgeous pageant gowns. So you know, at that point, um, I kind of had a waiting list. Like I I would. I could only make so many myself. I had hired a seamstress and she was helping me so we could pump out, you know, up to a dozen a month. But realistically, that's only, gosh, 144 a year. You know what I mean? That's not Mm -hmm. that many pieces. Whereas now we're doing, you know, 20,000 pieces a year, you know, so, and, and that's obviously with production and stuff like that. But so I went to Project Runway and uh, I really became really inspired at that point. I was 27 years old and um, going to this show and competing with people that had gone through these rigorous auditions. I mean, over 10,000 people auditioned the year that I uh, made it on the show and um, being there with the 15 other design, well, 14 other designers that made it. Um, I became inspired that, oh my gosh, like there's people on this show that are already selling their product in other stores. They figured it out. Like, why have I not done this? And, and I was beating them, you know, in the competition. So that kind of gave me the little bit of 
um, confidence that I needed that was like, okay, now is the time. And I recognize that this is a huge show. So this is the time that I need to be able to offer more of my products. So after I uh, finished up filming the show, I went home, I created, I designed and created about 17 gowns in my kitchen, like in our little breakfast nook area. So I worked all summer long that month uh, before I got a tiny little showroom at the America's Mart in Atlanta and this little temporary showroom and hoping to sell like 30 gowns to to different retail stores. And um, I ended up selling like 150 and was like freaking out because I was like, how am I going to make all these dresses in three months when I had to deliver them? Um, but that's when I started mass producing was right after uh, Project Runway in 2007. Now, how did experience on the Project Runway All-Stars, um, how was that experience different? You know what? It was really fun. Well, first off, girl, we got paid. So no. <laughs> the second time around, <laughs> once you're an all-star, they give you a little bit of money for each day that you're there, which over, you know, six weeks does add up. But we're not, we're not talking like, you know, ma- major dollars by any means. I think it was like $150 a day. But um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but I did. So uh, it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, they give you a little bit of money a day for uh for being there so that was one change the second change is they were they were much nicer to us so like (laughs) we got to we got to be a little bit um more divas i'm not i don't really have a diva type you know like personality but uh i did ride the coattails of some of my diva designer friends while we were there when they would ask for Starbucks twice a day, you know, I jumped in on one of those Starbucks <laughs> runs. So, you know, little things like that changed. And then, you know, I definitely had a little bit more confidence. I mean, I had built a, a good brand, you know, my, uh, I was hired by a shoe line. So my shoes were in like 2000 stores across the world. And, um, my dresses were in, I don't know, 500 stores at that point. But, uh, you know, we, uh, I was, I was a different, person you know when I went the first time I was still so naive and of course so excited to be there I was just a little old gay boy from Nashville Tennessee and the only uh the only uh designer that wasn't from LA New York or Miami so mm-hmm. um you know the first time I was just happy to be there and just enjoying the crazy ride um so I definitely built a little bit more confidence about um about my skill level and uh, my work ethic and all of that. Now, for those listening who may not be familiar with your brand, tell us the type of clothing you carry, the size range, and the price point. Okay, so for my – I have several different brands that we offer. For my Jonathan Cain collection and my Jonathan Cain by Joshua McKinley collection, which is – um, a collab collection that uh, one of my friends that I made on All Stars, Joshua McKinley. Um, I hired him uh, to come on board after we competed against each other, and we just kind of became fast friends. And uh, I really respect his work ethic. So uh, we have that collection together. That collection I carry in stock, double zero to size 16. Now, I make anything that my retailers want uh, in any size, and Um, Don't charge any extra for that because a lot of people don't realize I used to be quite plus size myself. Um, By the end of my freshman year of high school, I topped the scales at like uh, 
I quit weighing myself at like 315 pounds. So I was, and I was shorter at that point. So uh, I was, I was pretty, a pretty big little boy. And so I know what it's like to be on both sides of the scale. So I'll make something uh, for my retailers. If they want to dress in a size 24 or 28 or whatever, whatever size, it doesn't matter. Then I am glad to make that. And I don't charge any extra, even though my, uh, my factories do charge me extra because it, takes more fabric, you know, to, uh, to make a gown, you know, it takes four times the fabric to make a size 24 than a size four, um, and beading and all that stuff. So I offer evening wear, jumpsuits, cocktail dresses, um, in that collection, anything kind of glamorous and fun. There are some simple dresses in there that could be worn for other things, but for the most part, uh, it's a special event. If you're going to be wearing our stuff, you're going somewhere to, uh, you know, to, to be glam and glitzy and all of that stuff. Um, then I have my Jonathan Cain for Sydney's Closet collection, which was a collab collection um, with my friends over at Sydney's Closet. And that collection starts at a size 16 and then goes up to, I think we have styles. We expanded the size chart this year because we're, we're in our second collection. And um, it uh, did so well for our launch last year that we had a lot of requests uh, of girls that were over a size 24. Last year, it only went 16 to 24 since it was our first year. We didn't know how people would, you know, um, kind of accept the collection or if they would, you know, do well with it. Uh, so we got so many requests to um, expand the size short from there. So I believe on certain styles now, we're going up to a 32. Um, oh, and then good. I have my, yeah, yeah. So, and then I have a, uh, a shoe collection and I designed that and that's a licensing agreement with a shoe company, Benjamin Walk, that's been in business since like 1896, like a super long time they've been making shoes. Um, and uh, it's all uh, children and, and uh, adult uh, kind of formal shoes. So uh, to wear with the gowns and, and fun fashion outfits and jumpsuits and all of that stuff. Um, I do have some low heels all the way up to like five and a half inch platform, you know, stilettos, sexy, sexy shoes. Um, and then lastly, <laughs> sorry, I've got a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> lastly, I just launched this year. They're not even like in the stores yet. Um, I just launched this year a little line of children's princess dresses. So for the most adorable little birthday party for your little pumpkin or um, for a pageant. So, um, and that little line is called Sugar Cane, and its size range is from a 2 to a 16 preteen. Now, you don't do wedding gowns, or you do wedding gowns, too? Uh, see, I see, I felt like I was talking too much, and I forgot that one. So I do have a little private line of bridal gowns for my retailers only. So it's not sold. A private line basically means that it's not sold online at all. So it's only for my brick-and-mortar retail stores. Um, and, uh, we launched that three years ago. So, uh, so yes, we do have a bridal line and then we also do custom stuff, but it's not a full collection of custom, but we do quite a bit of, uh, custom pieces for any of our clients that want something really, really unique and special. And, uh, and, uh, we do those quite a bit. We do about 200 custom pieces a year. Wow. Now tell me, how did the idea for the collaboration with you and Phyllis, of Sydney's closet come about? You know, it was such an organic um, occurrence. So what happened was we both show our collections at some of the same trade shows and markets, and they had a permanent showroom down in Atlanta at the America's Mart, huge, gorgeous building down there. 
um, and we were on the same floor, on the 10th floor there, and our showrooms were just uh, down the hall from each other, like pretty close to each other, and uh, we just kind of struck up a friendship. You know, we're in the same market, but not super direct competitors, um, because they offer plus size exclusive. I offer, you know, plus size, but my the main bulk of my business at that point was really sizes two through 14. Um, so, uh, so we became friends anyway. We would have been friends even if we were competitors. We're just, we have that kind of friendly personality. But uh, it worked out where once we uh, got to know each other a little bit, we would, we would always want to go see each other's collections, see what they had done. Uh, we each had done each year or season and uh in her showroom i noticed she had uh like a running uh sink with water like running water and she realized i had a privilege she didn't have that and i didn't have the running water so we ended up like bartering like hey if i if i give you some uh some water ice can uh, can we use your printer? And like, so it, we became <laughs> even more friends because we were in each other's showroom all the time using those things. And, uh, and then at one show in Chicago one year, we were like, you know, have you ever thought about like, would you ever want to like collaborate and do like a line together of plus size? And uh, Phyllis was absolutely on board and uh, yeah, and the rest is kind of history. Now, did you learn anything new about the plus-size market or the plus-size consumer during this collaboration? Absolutely, and I continue to learn. You know, the biggest thing that I think has been um, really awesome for me in this uh, collab is really kind of learning all of the detailed information that uh, Phyllis at Sydney's Closet that that she puts into every design. So she really, really worked hard on, um, on what it takes to fit a plus size, uh, curvy shape. And, you know, not, not, not all curvy sizes are equal. It's one of those things where, you know, everybody kind of like changes their shape differently, you know, just on how, um, you know, on how they grow. And so, um, she's done so much research on that, and uh, you know that combined with my expertise in making garments and construction and corsetry and all of that stuff, uh, we kind of joined forces. But I learned a lot about you know kind of the research she had done uh, about what what it takes to uh, to fit more people in uh, in a plus size garment. So that's been uh, that's been a pleasure learning that from her. Now, this collection and all of your clothing are only available in specialty boutiques and not department stores, correct? That is correct, yes. So we, um, you know, I've kind of built my business on supporting the little guys, you know, the brick-and-mortar stores. And now some of these little guys are are doing, you know, over $10 million in sales each year, and they have multiple locations, blah, blah, blah. So when I say little guys, I'm just meaning like individually owned um, private companies, not like big, big corporations with tons of locations and and department stores, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, I've kind of, I've really loved, I've had a retail store and I was a little guy, so um, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, um, the retail side of, of the business and they've been so good at supporting me and helping me build my business that, um, you know, I kind of just want to stay in that corner and, and keep working with my little guys. I've been very blessed so far. And, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the best, the 
so it is offered right now through um, through just our retail stores. Nice. So that's that's you choose to do that on purpose because when I saw that you're based in the South, I was like, I'm surprised he's not in Dillard's because Dillard's is a big department store in the South and have a lot of formal wear. I know, I know. And I tell you, some of my friends sell, uh, you know, in department stores and, um, you know, it's a little bit of a tough market, you know, as well, just because, um, you know, there's the, the way to uh, operate business with department stores is a little bit differently. You know, it's huge purchase orders, which is great. But, you know, if the product, you know, department stores, they have to mark down on a certain schedule. So, and um, department stores do chargebacks. So if they mark down a product, then what they pay you for that product starts to go down. So, you know, it's one of those things where I've had some friends that uh, have had horrible uh, luck at department stores. And uh, sometimes it's not even because the product wasn't selling. It's just a timing situation. Um, and some of them have even lost money on the deal. So, you know, I'm skeptical of that, uh, as well as, you know, just supporting my, my little guys. I'm very blessed with what I'm doing. And, and I really do love the experience of going into a little boutique and, you know, a, a local business owned, um, you know, the employees and the owner is usually working with you. And, and that's kind of how I run my business. I work with everyone directly and, uh, you know, I think there's something special. If you're going to a special event, let's make it really special. So do you own a boutique or showroom in Nashville? I do. I do have a showroom. I don't have a boutique, so it's not really open to the public. But um, if you contact one of our retailers and um, are wanting something custom or something like that, we do see clients there. And I have quite a few retail stores that take advantage of that, uh, whether they travel with the client or whether they just send them. And, and then everything we do is through one of our retail stores. Um, but uh, but we do work one-on-one with clients. We also do trunk shows all around. But I do have my uh, my showroom in Nashville where stylists can pull things for uh, for celebrities or red carpets and things like that. Um, and have been there since I moved back home in 2012. Yeah, and speaking of celebrity um, wardrobe stylists pulling things, I looked on your Instagram, and it looks like you're dressing every major country star at the country musical. You know what? I have been so blessed. You know what? That's one thing I love about my country music stars. They love a good rhinestone as well as I do. So, you know, they're not fr- they're not afraid of the fringe and the feathers and all that stuff. And and I I love giving it to them. You know, I love anything glamorous. And that's kind of how I got started. You know, really thinking about this was I grew up. Uh, you know, seeing my favorites like Dolly and Reba and Tanya on you know, on red carpets and on TV and at the award shows and uh, just fell in love with them as well as their music. And, you know, it's just so um, surreal that I'm able to uh, to dress them and help them feel beautiful at this point in my life as well. It's just, it's pretty awesome. I will tell you, I'm very, very blessed. Now, do you have anything else happening that we need to be on the lookout for? I know you're on the road right now. Yeah, you know, we um we are have just launched all of our new collections and you know, it's it's a challenging year, I will tell you. You know, not a lot uh of buyers have been, you know, for one in a financial position to invest in new collections. You know, a lot of people have a lot of our retail stores sell, you know, prom as their main part of their business. Um and 
you know, the prom industry was really hit hard this year because a lot of schools, you know, didn't get to have a prom because of the pandemic. So what happened was our retail stores, you know, ordered all of this product that they normally sell. It's like a sure thing every year, you know, these young girls get ready for, you know, their big event and that kind of rite of passage of feeling their most beautiful, sometimes their first time in a gown. And, um, their prom was canceled. So some of them went on and, you know, still took pictures and went to dinner, but they really missed that prom experience. So, but then there's a lot of girls that didn't get a chance to buy their, their gown yet. So our retail stores um, now have all of this excess in inventory that they've paid for, um, or they are, have on credit, you know, they, they uh, haven't been able to finish paying for yet. So now they, you know, are not able to buy as much. Now, some into, some parts of the country um, or world, they uh, they were not as affected or haven't been as effective, affected, especially if they were more rural. Um, so, uh, you know, for those pockets, those stores are doing okay, but there's a lot of our, our brick-and-mortar retail stores out there that are really hurting um, because of this. And, you know, it's made it a little bit harder for some of our some of us brands to to launch a collection so we're definitely having to uh i tell all of my friends you know guys it's it's going to be we're going to have to work harder to make a little less money this year so it's just the way it is so um but you know i i feel like uh i've got a really great work ethic and i'm pretty resilient and um kind of innovative on on how to do things and I'm, I'm a smaller company still in this industry so i can switch gears and and try new things uh pretty quickly it's literally just make a decision and go for it kind of like i said earlier just fail fast just make a decision and, and don't ponder on it too long you just have to move um so yeah we're out here hustling trying to uh trying to get our collections in front of as many buyers as possible, but also, you know, um, support them as well uh, so that we can all get through this on the other side and, and get back to, uh, to our big special events that I know so many people are missing. Well, if someone is listening and has a boutique and want to carry some of your plus sizes in their store, how do they go about contacting your company? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the easiest thing would just be go to our website. All of our information is there. Um, contact us uh, page down at the bottom. Also, um, you can call us uh, as well as same situation uh, for Sydney's closet, uh, dot com. You can contact them through there or just uh get online and find their phone number on the, on their website. It's going to have their phone number as well. Um, but just give us a call. You know, that's, that's the easiest thing or shoot us an email. Um, there's uh, plenty of ways to contact us, but that's, that's the easiest way. Social media is also good, but, uh, but I prefer through our website because that goes directly to everyone on my team so that we make sure we get back to you the fastest. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. And before you go, tell us your official website one more time and your social media pages. Sure, absolutely. So my website is jonathancain.com, and that's J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-K-A-Y-N-E. Dot com. So my mom spelled my name all kind of crazy. And then all of my social media, my Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, 
all of those except for Twitter, all of those are Jonathan Kane, spelled the same way. And then my Twitter, because someone stole my name, um, is, I'm still upset, is um, it's Jonathan underscore Kane. Uh, but I'm working. I'm working with Twitter now to try to, you know, deactivate that other account because, like, they've had it since I was on Project Runway before I started a Twitter account, and they haven't ever posted one post so or anything. So it's just they did it to to kind to of troll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's fine. I found a workaround. So it's Jonathan underscore Kane on Twitter. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you and learning about your brand and continued success with everything you have going on. Thank you, darling. And you just let me know if we can get you something glamorous. If you need to get pretty and glammed up sometime, you just let us know and we will, uh, we'll take care of you. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so enjoy the rest of your day. You too, love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest, Jonathan Kane. Make sure you check out his collection with Sydney's Closet called the Dangerous Curves Collection. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for turning in, for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to the Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.